Good morning, Destiny family. Excited about continuing in our journey through the progression of Scripture, turning the page every single day, journaling at the top of the page as we're learning more about the nature of God and where Jesus is in every single book of the Bible. Thank you for all the support and participation as we continue in this and hashtag uh, turn the page, hashtag pray attention. And I believe God really wants to stir some things in us Even though in our minds sometimes we're reading Scripture, we may not understand everything and comprehend all of it, but just a reminder, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. That means we're nourishing our spirits even when our minds don't understand. And to memorize the Bible is to memorize the mind of God. So taking the time just to sit in His presence, turn the page every day, really nourishes and awakens us to the things of God, to the eternal purposes of God. And that's really how we become more of what God has desired for us to become. I want to reiterate this image of a World War II vet and the Bible that he carried on his tour of duty, on his tours of duty. It's just an amazing depiction of a tremendous heirloom, a phenomenal expression of legacy of his life and of his faith, his hunger for the things of God. When you think about his children and his children's children and the treasure that they have in this man's Bible, you realize that they are going to be inspired and awakened by the faith of somebody that's in their legacy and and, uh, family line. You and I have the opportunity to do this and to provide this for generations coming after us by simply doing what we're talking about, turning the page and writing in the Bible, just little things that are here and there that we're reminded of or we think of as we journal and date through. And one day our children, our children's children, will see that, that our, our faith and our hunger for the things of God have really uh, st- will stir them to deeper, more meaningful pursuit of a relationship with Christ. Here's the key phrase. It's your blank for the day. First blank to fill in. You will never leave a legacy until you first live a legacy. We have to make the choice to do things that have eternal value. The truth is living successfully leaves something for others, but living a legacy leaves something in others. We make a deposit in more eternal uh, rewards being established in the legacy and the lifeline that uh, God's entrusted to our care. As we look at Deuteronomy, we see something very clear, and it's in the overall message. Uh, God's called us to inspire and empower the next generation church. Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen prophesies that the Messiah would be raised up from among the people. This is incredible when we see in Deuteronomy how Moses is the type of Christ, the core idea of the book revealing who Jesus is, a type or a typification of Jesus, because Moses was among Moses' people. Then he was brought into the Pharaoh's house, literally became a son of the king, and he left the palace to go back and to draw out the people from a place of bondage, just as Jesus, the Son of God, came to the earth to draw us out of places of bondage. So tremendous uh, foreshadowing that we see taking place as we're looking at all of that. But the reality is what we need to understand for the Jews, generations of Jews following uh, this situation with Moses, they constantly were looking for the Messiah to come from among them. That meant that they had this incredible responsibility to share and to disciple and to mentor and to impart the promise 
promises of God in preparation that the Messiah might come in that very next generation. It was vital to take responsibility that the Messiah would be revealed in the earth. This is your and my responsibility today, that we're preparing and equipping the next generation, that the Messiah Jesus constantly be revealed through our loving, surrendered, available lives, recognizing that Jesus has come. He's lived. He's died. Now he's risen from the grave, and he's coming back once again. In the book of Deuteronomy, God has enriched his people in an amazing way. He's given them his word. We've seen through the progression of the books now that he's revealed his Ten Commandments. He didn't just bring them out of of Egypt in Exodus to bring them out. He brought them out to equip them, to empower them, to take them into a greater place of promise, to a deeper place of truth. So we see in Deuteronomy where these Israelites have all these tools, all these skills, all the prescription for worship, all the things of the word, and now all the boundaries and the protective laws to ensure that they were going to equip the next generation to carry on what God had provided for them. This was God's commission to Moses to prepare and equip this next generation leader. This is God's commission to us to prepare and equip other people to carry on the legacy that Jesus wants to establish in the earth. Deuteronomy chapter 3 verse 28 says, but commission Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he will lead this people and he will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. God told Moses to commission Joshua with a specific mission in mind, to encourage him, give him courage, and to strengthen him for the assignment that God was using uh, Moses to equip him to accomplish and fulfill in his life. We should all be commissioning, encouraging, and strengthening others to fulfill everything that God has in store for our lives and for the lives of this next generation that's coming after us. And interestingly enough, as I was working on this message, I got a phone call from Zach Lowe just thanking me for my encouragement in his life and thanking me for being a mentor to him. I shared with him the message I was working on right then as I got that message from him. And I just invited him to share maybe a few specific things that have helped him so that we might get a picture of some things that we can do to help others. I've known Pastor Lawrence for about eight years now, and he's really affected my life in a number of different areas. What really comes to mind is when I first came to Destiny, uh, he used to say often that we need to keep our spiritual lives practical and our practical lives spiritual. And uh, spiritually and practically, those are probably the two ways he's affected me the most. Spiritually, he's really been there just to uh, mentor me and challenge me and hold me accountable in my walk with Christ and that I'm not just showing up to church and being someone that's just watching, but that I'm actively participating, that I'm uh, coming to prayer on Tuesday mornings, that I'm turning the page, reading my Bible on a regular basis, and that I'm really seeking God's voice, not just uh, allowing God to hear my voice in prayer. But uh, he's really challenged me spiritually just to to take my walk with God deeper than just a surface-level relationship. And practically, he's always been there through the number of different stages of life that I've walked through the past eight years, just uh, mentoring me in my relationship with uh, Angie before we got married and once we got married and now walking through having a family with two kids. He's always been there just to offer advice and to walk us through a number of different uh, challenges that we've come across. And uh, he's been there in just just a lot of different areas. He's been there to offer financial advice and uh, 
which has really helped out a lot. But ultimately, everything, all of this boils down to uh, he's been there just to share his life, share his experiences, uh, the successes and the mistakes. And because he's been so authentic and just open with his past, uh, I feel like it's allowed me to be more successful in my life and that ultimately I've avoided some of the mistakes that he's made. I've capitalized on some of the successes that he's had. And uh, it's really just helped me in, in my walk through life and him just to be there to mentor me, to challenge me, to hold me more accountable. And because of all that, that's allowed me to just be a better person, be a better man of God. And it's allowed me to go on and to mentor those that are younger than me uh, in hopes that I can benefit them the way that Pastor Lawrence has me. Whenever I was in high school, I had come to the conclusion that I hated kids. Shortly after that, I started working at uh, a summer camp at the school that I attended. And uh, before the summer was over, I realized that kids liked me for some weird reason, and I actually liked them also. As I grew older, I realized that I did want to be a father someday, and I did want to have children of my own. But before I could get to that point, I needed to reach a certain level of uh, spiritual maturity and uh, just be able to handle that task. Uh, once I realized I wanted to become a teacher, it wasn't simply just because I wanted I was I was good at my material or I wanted to teach the material, but uh, ultimately I wanted to be able to be in a uh, mentor type relationship with students. And thankfully, since I'm a teacher here at Destiny Christian, uh, I've got uh, a number of different relationships with students because I see them not only in the classroom but also in a youth group or outside of class, and uh, I'm just able to connect with them in a way that I, I wouldn't have. Because of the influence that Pastor Lawrence has had on me, it's really made that fathering, mentoring role that I've uh, taken up with some of these kids. It's, it's made it a lot simpler for me, and it's made, the, made it just clear what, what role I'm supposed to play and uh, how I'm able to better positively affect them. And uh, if, if I hadn't had that type of spiritual mentor that I have in Pastor Lawrence, then I really don't know if I'd be able to uh, have the capability to mentor these kids the way that I, I get to now. Really appreciate Zach, and uh, he has no idea that after he did that and shared that, we actually contacted two young people that have been influenced by him and would count him as a mentor, and we asked them to share about how he has impacted their life. My name is Jacob Rueckert, and I have the privilege to have Mr. Lowe, or Floaty, as I like to call him, as my English teacher in high school for my junior and senior year. And ever since the first day I met him when I was writing on his board, and he just thought, who is this kid? What's he doing? He's been a great mentor to me. And uh, a year later in high school, he actually invited me to church. He uh, invited me to Revolution Youth. And ever since that day, I just fell in love with God. I fell in love with church, everything. And he's a big part of why I did. He just invited me. He took the time to look into my life and see that I needed God and just took time to listen. Also, a big thing that he's done is ever since I've graduated and before I graduated also, he took time to listen to my problems. He didn't just hear them like say, oh yeah, that's crazy, but he actually listened. He gave me feedback of what I should do in life, uh, just how I should react to these problems, and not too many people do that. Like, it's truly a privilege to have him as a mentor, to listen to my problems and have someone that's older than me and wiser than me to impact my life through just talking. And he's just a big part of my life. I hope he knows it. 
Mr. Lowe has really inspired me in so many ways. He is always so willing to do whatever anybody ever asks him to do. He has a servant heart. As my dad has mentored Mr. Lowe, I definitely see the way that they both handle their um, ministries and their work and their families, and they're both very similar. And in a way, I have a dad and a big brother who they're both showing me how to do life with Jesus in the center. It's really inspiring to see Jacob being influenced by Zach, and even more so when I look and see my very own daughter being encouraged and influenced by a man that would count me as one of the mentors in his life. It all kind of comes around, doesn't it? It's just the way it is in the kingdom of God, and that encouragement now is coming back in my life. Uh, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, you know, one generation, truthfully, cannot contain this eternal God. It has to move beyond us or we can, or we confine it completely. We're not designed to take what God has given us to the grave. That's not the plan. The plan is that we provide and we impart what God's entrusted to our care into the next generation. If each generation shares God's faithfulness effectively, then the following generation goes further than the generation before. It's why the Bible gives us clear instruction about preparing our children and releasing them and training them and equipping them. And we see this in the book of Deuteronomy very specifically. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says, Be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart. As long as you live, teach them to your children and to the children after them. What a privilege it is to be a part of helping others really come into a greater knowledge of God's kingdom and God's presence. I want to leave you with one final clip uh, before I close, and it, it tells us two things. Number one, kids can learn a lot more than what we give them credit for. And number two, kids can learn a lot more than maybe what we want them to. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts 2, Lesson to the Romans. First and second Corinthians, Galatians and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, first and second Thessalonians, first and second Timothy, Titus and Philemon, Hebrews, James, first and second Peter, first and second and third John, Jude and Revelation. All my exes live in Texas, and Texas is a place that I dearly love to be, but I God help us all. Our prayer many times in all honesty is, Lord, help my children to do what I say and not what I do. And I just want to address that, the whole idea of mentoring our children. You really cannot be a great example until you alleviate the pressure of trying to be the perfect example. To mentor effectively is to allow men to tour your life, allowing people to tour both your strengths and your successes, as well as your weaknesses and your failures. We don't mentor people correctly unless we help them see where we made it and where we missed it. 
So I encourage you as we come to this final portion of Scripture, and and here we are in Deuteronomy uh, 28. It's 21 chapters later after God gave Moses this commission uh, to, to go ahead and prepare and equip Joshua. And we see this incredible mentoring taking place throughout the book of Deuteronomy. And now we land here as we come to the close of the book. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 and 8. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. What a great depiction and a great expression, almost resembling identically what was released in the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy and then all the mentorship and training. Now that commission meant something of even deeper value, of even greater reward in Joshua's life, in in preparation and equipping him to go where Moses would never go, to see what Moses would never see, and to help others fulfill what Moses could never fulfill. It's vitally important that we equip the next generation, not just in inspiring them, but empowering them. This is where we're going to pick up next week on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day next week to all the dads. And as we look at the book of Joshua, I think it'll be very insightful for us as men to be the men of God that God's called us to be, to carry the eternal deposits that God has put in our heart that will really live beyond our temporal life. We have a tremendous obligation to the next generation, to the Joshua generation. And when God puts something in us, he puts something eternal in us. And life on this earth is expanded even beyond our years when we embrace the eternal value of God's deposits in our life. So take someone with you on your journey of faith as you take these steps. And this week, our action point is exactly that. Come on now turn the page. Uh, Take a picture, hashtag turn the page, hashtag pray attention. But let's stay the course with this every day. If you miss a day, don't worry about it. Over the course of time, just stay the course and turn the page so that we're uh, constantly nourishing our spirits. And in addendum to that, every day this week, I want to challenge you to encourage somebody by letting them know that you truly do believe in them. I'd like to take this opportunity to let my action point Uh, be expressed as Pastor Chris is ready to take it from here. I want to say how much I love you, Pastor Chris, how much I believe in you. As a young man who came in the first grade to our Christian school, who was a kid in our youth group uh, with me as your youth pastor, still needing therapy to get past all of that, Um, graduating from our, our Christian school, going through our ministry training program, going out in ministry, now coming back, Tracy and I are so thankful that our kids love you as their youth pastor, love our student ministry at Destiny. They love to go to church. And I just want to voice my appreciation to to you and to say thank you to you. God bless you, Pastor Chris. God bless you, Destiny. I will see you next week. You know, it's amazing as we start talking about mentoring and what that really means and what that really looks like and how we see that in people's lives. How many of you realize when we're talking about this portion of Scripture and Moses begins to call out to Joshua and tell him who he is and call out the position that God's given him. How many think Joshua probably had a few concerns about that, right? Anybody? Let me ask it this way. Anybody ever had a few concerns when someone's asked you to do something you didn't think you were capable of doing, right? It's like, well, yeah, you want me to what? Right? We always try to discount 
what it is that God's put inside of us because of our mistakes, because of our history, because of our past, because of our lack of confidence. And the truth of it is it's really not about how strong we are. It's about how strong God is in us. And I think it's interesting, we look at positions like this and things like this, and if you look back at Moses, when he began to start, and God called him into what it was that he was created and called for, what was Moses' response to God? God said, you are going to lead my people out of bondage. What was Moses' response? Me? You want me to do what? You want me to take who, where? Right? There was this insecurity, there was this lack of confidence in everything that he had, in everything that he was. There was this overcoming fear of what it was that God called him to do. And the truth of it is he was exactly who needed to be called to do that. And I want to tell you today, there is a call that God's put on your life, and you are exactly the person to fulfill the call that God put on your life because that's what he created you for. He didn't just see a need and think, oh, you know what, I'll fit this person here. He knew there was a need, so he created you to fill it. You follow me? And the moment we realize it's not just about us meeting a need, but it's about us imparting something into the life of someone else, I think it's really interesting from the grace standpoint. You know, Pastor mentioned that I grew up in this church. I graduated from this school. He was my youth pastor for a while. I think it's really interesting that the senior pastor that I now work under as the youth pastor for this house, I think is interesting that was, he was my youth pastor and kicked me out of the youth group when I was a student here. I mean, realize I didn't have it all together. I still don't have it all together. But God's grace and God's mercy brings that around, and he still has a purpose and a plan for your life. No matter what it looks like at the moment, no matter what you've walked through, he can look at your situation and say there's a purpose in the middle of every piece of pain that you have, and he can use your pain to become a platform for everything that he's called you to do, everything he's anointed you to be. And see, Moses looked at that, and he looked at Joshua, and he began to call greatness out of Joshua as a mentor to his life. He spoke into something that he didn't see, and someone called it out of him. How many of you have ever had someone call greatness out of you when you couldn't see it? Right? That person who looked at your life and you're like, I just don't know if I can. No, no, you can do this. I believe in you. I have faith in you. And they saw something that you didn't see in yourself, but the more they called to that, the more you began to feel it. Right? I don't know about you guys, but I remember the first time I was ever asked to speak, I was like, you want me to, what? I was scared to death. I got up with a mic, I was like, uh, uh, uh. I stood there for a long time, and then I finally started to talk. And as I started to talk, I got a little bit more comfortable. And then when I got done, I ran in the other room, and I was so glad that I made it off stage before I got to the bathroom because I was scared out of my mind. And it was the most terrifying thing ever. And the more I did it, the easier it became. I may not be the best communicator in the world, but I know who God's called me to be. And I would have never gotten there if it hadn't been for people speaking into my life, giving me the opportunity to do exactly what it was that God's called me to do through mentors speaking into me. I still have mentors speaking to me. So what? I'm a pastor, one of the pastors here at the church, every pastor here at the church, I promise you, we all have mentors who still speak into us that we still talk to on a daily life. Why? Because you never arrive. 
It's a continual journey where you're continually being poured into, invested, and pouring out and investing in the people around you, the people that God's called you to. I don't know if you realize this, but every person in this room, you lead on some level. You realize that? Whether you feel like it or not, there's someone looking to you for leadership. Some of you guys may say, like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know my life. and nobody looking for me for leadership, I promise you. There are some people looking at you for leadership because they need you to be the leader in their life that you are called to be. There are other people who are looking for you to leadership because you are the leader in their life they need you to be, and you just don't know it yet. But all of us need someone to begin to call that out of us and declare the promises of God in our life. See, being a mentor and speaking into someone's life isn't about having all the answers where, oh, tell me your problems and let me sit down and give you my great wisdom. It's not about your wisdom. It's not about your ability. It's about our vulnerability to be open and honest about, here's what I've walked through. Here's the pain that's happened in my life. Guess what? God delivered me from this. He can deliver you from that. Your opposition's not going to kill you. That mountain is not bigger than you. That situation's not going to stop you because we serve a God that's bigger than that. And I know because here's what he walked me through. You're mentoring. See, we've got to realize mentoring doesn't mean we have it all figured out. But we're all called to mentor people. We're all called to speak into someone else's life and call out the greatness that God put inside of them. Why? Because it's part of who he created us to be. Because if we don't, it ends with us. And it was never intended to end with us. It was intended to be increased by us. Does that make sense? There is an anointing that God put on your life to add something to this world. That's why you're here. Whether it be in a business realm, whether it be in a church realm, there is something on your life to increase this world in somebody else's life. And I promise you, your perspective of situations will limit or elevate your ability to speak into the life of someone else. How many of you have ever hung out with that person? Everything that goes bad, they are the most horrible people to be around because it's like, oh, I got a flat tire. Oh, I hope nobody runs you over and you die on the side of the road, right? It's like, it's not, I'm in a parking lot. Like, well, you still need to be careful. They might just swerve in. It's like, dude, you guys know people like that? I'm doing a little extreme, but like everything's immediately the worst possible scenario in life. How many of you are like, that's not the person I want speaking into me, Right? No, I want the person who's speaking into me. It's like, hey, you know what? Let me come help you change the tire. Let me come talk to you and help you walk you through this process. See, we need people who will simply partner with us in life. Not people who will come tell us all the answers and all the things that we did wrong and how they did it right, and we can learn from the great wisdom because we are not perfect. And in our weakness is where God is the strongest. So why in the world would we present ourselves as perfect people with no weakness and no downfall? Because in doing so, we've eliminated the power of God to be able to move through our life. It's time that we become vulnerable. It's time that we say, hey, here's what I'm walking through. Here's what I'm feeling like. You know what? Today my day is horrible. And you tell that to a trusted voice. 
trusted voice who can say, you know what? Tomorrow will be better. I know today's bad, but tomorrow will be better. Well, you don't know what my tomorrow looks like. Well, next week will be better. I promise you, it will get better. My wife, I drive my wife nuts with this because whenever something's wrong, she hates it. My default is like, it'll be all right. She's like, I know eventually it will be all right, but right now it's not all right. Okay? And that's true. Right now it's not all right. How many of you realize there's some of you right now, you're in situations, and right now it is not all right, but it will be. But it will be. You need someone to surround you who will speak into you and say, it will be. Right now that mountain is big. And it looks unclimbable. And that situation, that circumstance, it looks like there's no possible way you can overcome it. But you will. You need people who will surround you, who will speak life into you who will help you and say, you know what, you're struggling with something, let me open up the Word of God and let's dig into this together, not just give you the generic, I'll pray, pray for you. We've gotten really good about that in church, and don't misunderstand me, there's power in saying you'll pray for somebody, but the power only exists when you actually pray for them. Let's be honest. How many of us have ever talked to somebody and they've told us our problems, like, oh, I'll pray for you about that. And the next time you're seeing like, ooh, so how you doing, right? It's like, I hope it got better. That way they think I prayed. What if we actually prayed? There's a guy, he's one of my best friends in ministry, and I met him at a conference. And he told me the famous line. We met, exchanged information. He's like, hey, man, I'll be praying for you. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Sure. Honestly, that was my, that was my thought. It's probably three days after. He sent me a text. And it was like, hey, praying for you and your wife, your ministry in Oklahoma City, declaring this word over you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's really praying. I was blown away. That's horrible. I'm just being honest. That's horrible. I should not have been blown away that a pastor said, I'll pray for you, and he did it, but I was. We've got to stop using generic phrases and hoping God shows up in the middle of a situation, start declaring who God is and the authority and the power of God in our life and being able to impart that into someone else and call greatness out of them and saying, look, God created you for a purpose. He created you for a reason. I'm going to call that out of you because I see the greatness inside of you, even if you don't see it right now. We need those mentors in our life. And let me encourage you, as the person in this house who's responsible for our student ministry, there's a group of young people that need you. There's a group of kids just across the hall that need you. Because they're walking through situations, they're walking through circumstances, and you look at it and they come and they tell you your problems, and you're like, that's a problem? I'm going to show you problems, right? But it's real. It's a real problem to them. How many of you have ever had a friend bring you a problem and you're on the phone with them and they're, I mean, they're sobbing. Their heart is broken. It's like, this is what's going on. What? I don't know if I will make it. And they're going on. You're like, really? Right? Anybody else ever feel like that? And it's like, come on. Like, that's not that big of a deal. In that moment, it is a huge deal to them. 
It's time that we stop writing off other people's issues like our issues are greater because the truth of it is we are just as immature in the moment of our weakness when we feel like things are falling apart. How many of you have ever blown up on something that later you're like, that's just dumb? Right? We've all done it. Why? Because in that moment, our issue was so huge. But in reality, it was so small that we needed a mentor to speak into our life and say, you know what? Tomorrow it'll be better. Next week, it's going to be better. It's going to take work. I'm not telling you everything's just going to get better overnight. I'm not telling you there's not going to be a struggle. I'm not telling you that there'll never be a fight. What I'm telling you is it will get better if you keep working at it. But you need someone to call it out of you. You need somebody to push you to get there. Because you can't do it on your own. Those kids can't do it on their own. Our students can't do it on their own. No one in this room can do it on their own. We need mentors. We need people who are willing to say, I don't have it all together. I don't have a formula. Here's the, I don't have a process to tell you here's how it's going to work. I've got an experience. And through my experience with God, I can encourage you to be a better Christian. Let me ask you a question. Let's be honest for a second. You guys willing to do that? How many of you, in all honesty, and my hand is up before I even ask the question, do not feel qualified to be a mentor to speak into someone else's life? Anybody else? Most of us in this room. Let me ask you a question. Everyone can put your hands down. How many of you have an experience in your life that God's walked you through? Anybody? Anything you've walked through in your life that God has brought you through qualifies you to be able to speak into the life of someone else and say, God brought me through this. He can bring you through that. We are all qualified to be mentors. We are all qualified to speak life into someone else, not because of how great we are, but how great he is. I'm going to wrap it up right here, but there's a verse I want to share with you. It's Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and with all your might. These words which I commanded you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk about them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hands, and they shall be the frontals of your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This isn't saying, go write your Bible all over your house, okay? It's saying, understanding that the strength that you have is in the Word of God. And until you get into the Word of God, you don't know the strength that you have. Bind them on your heart. Put them so they are the forefront of your mind. That's not so that, oh, there's a problem. I'm going to quote Scripture at my problem. It's so that I know the promises that God has placed in my life. I know who he's called me to be. It's so that I know tomorrow it'll be better. It's so that I can call on the promises of God for my life that say, you know what, I may be down, but I'm not defeated. Devil, you just punched me in the face and it hurt. I'm about to come back at you. I'm just telling you. That's what that means. That's what it's talking about. It's bind up the Word of God so it's in the front of your mind so that you do not forget the promises that God's given you in the middle of your circumstance. Mentoring is being able to be vulnerable enough to allow people to see when you need God to move in your situation and circumstance.
and encouraging through them through theirs. When we put it in that perspective, how many of you guys think I can probably do that? Right? So I encourage you as we conclude today, find a person to speak into. Get involved in an area where you can invest in someone's life. That doesn't mean it has to be kids. It doesn't mean it has to be youth. Here's the cool thing about mentoring. It can be anybody. How many of you guys, someone's ever asked you to speak into their life or help you with something? It's like, you're old. You should know more about this than I do, right? You know, something interesting. There are times I've been able to mentor my parents even though they mentored me my entire life and they've spoke into my life and I am who I am because of them. Man, let me tell you, when they want Netflix on their TV and they got to hook up a Wii, they're calling me. All right? Why? Because I have a different perspective on life. Because I have different things that I've walked through because they didn't grow up with the electronics of today. Here's where I'm relating that. None of us have it all together. We've all walked through different circumstances and situations, and there were, are situations and circumstances that we can all draw from, from each other when we're willing to be open and vulnerable about who God is in our life. There is no set status for how old you have to be or how mature you need to be. Or, Well, I can quote two-thirds of the Bible, so I'm ready to be. No, that's not the way it works. Do you know Jesus? Can you point people towards him? You're qualified. That's it. So I want to challenge you really quick. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Like I said, there's two things. Do you know Jesus and can you point people towards him? So my first question, if you're in this room and I'm talking about it and you don't know Jesus because that's the first step and you want to today, I want you to lift your hand. I want to pray with you really quickly. Anybody else? Second question, if you're in here and you say, you know, the truth of it is I just don't have the confidence in who God's called me to be. I want to be able to speak into someone else's life, but I just, I just don't have the confidence to know that God can use me. And today you want to know that your past doesn't dictate your future because God's grace is bigger than any situation that you walk through. And you need God's grace in your life today. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you really quickly. Thank you. Thank you. All over. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. God, I pray right now for each and every person who are in this room, every person who lifted their hands, God, that we would know who you created us to be, God, that we would know and understand that we were anointed and called by you for a purpose. And all of us are capable of sharing our experience with you to others around us. God, empower us to be vulnerable and be the men and women of God you've called us to be, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.